Hello and welcome to this episode of BPM Pod, the podcast where we get behind people's music. I hope you're doing well out there in these strange times, and I'm really glad you're taking the time to listen to the podcast. So before we kick off, I really just want to say thank you so much for your continued support, love and dedication. It really, really means a lot to me, and I'm really glad to have you here each and every time there's an episode to listen to my ramblings about some of the best music out there. Remember, if you want to get in touch with me here at BPM Pod, you can do so via the social channels. So definitely check those out. That's at BPM Pod on Facebook and Instagram. And I'd like to know what music you've enjoyed recently too. So if you want to submit a quick 30 second clip of you reviewing some music you've encountered recently, whether that's good or bad, then head over to the Facebook page at BPM Pod and drop me a message. Send your clip, really, really simple, 30-second clip recorded on a phone or whatever, telling me what it is you reviewed, who you are, where you're from, and your quick thoughts on it, and I'll put it in the episode. So for now, it's time for another episode of The Pulse here on BPM Pod, where I look at some of the music I've recently encountered, whether that's new, whether it's old, whether it's finished, whether it's not. It's the stuff that's come across my radar in the past few weeks. On this episode, I look at new music from Haim, Perfume Genius, and Fiona Apple. But first, I want to turn my attention to one of my favourite singer-songwriters today, and someone we've heard a bit of before on this podcast, and that is Jason Isbell with his album Reunions. Jason Isbell, Reunions. It's the fourth album from American alt-country, soft rock, blues rock singer-songwriter Jason Isbell, accompanied here by his band The 400 Unit. It follows the release of The Nashville Sound, which came out in 2017 and was an absolutely great album. Really, really enjoyed that one. I read somewhere in the lead-up to Reunions that Isbell thinks this is his strongest work yet. And that really set me up for expecting a lot, so do keep that in mind with things I say about this album. Overall, for me, Reunions is a good album. Not great, not even very good. I'd say good. It's better than average, but still just good. Let's start with some of the plus sides. I mean, the sound here is different to his previous albums, and it has a lot more resemblance to a well-produced Jackson Brown album from the 80s, or off-cuts of Dire Straits, even. There's a lot of overdubbing here and layering and some dreamlike effects and stereo soundscapes and so on that really add a sense of depth to this record, which I think is kind of lacking from some of Isbell's previous songs. In terms of songwriting, it's largely strong, with standout tracks such as Overseas especially, uh, Be Afraid and Only Children, they really steal the show. As I say, Overseas is a fantastic song. Uh, it reminds me most of a 
a song by Jackson Brown, someone I just mentioned, uh, from the mid-90s from his Looking East album. Uh, it reminds me of a song from there called The Barricades of Heaven, uh, most of all. I don't really know why. Also kind of sounds like a little bit uh, like, like a hurricane from Neil Young with these sort of semi-improvised bizarre guitar solos in the middle. And uh, it makes sense that it feels like that because I heard that Overseas was recorded in one take live, which is quite incredible when you then hear it back. So definitely check that out. But a couple of the tracks on Reunions really fall by the wayside for me, including St. Peter's Autograph, Running With Our Eyes Closed, and controversially, I guess, What Have I Done To Help, which is a track which you know, fans seem to love so far for the Bill Withers slash Walk on the Wild Side blend, but I think it's an overly long song and while meaningful and meaning well, it's repetitive and quite weak actually, lyrically, uh, partly due to the repetitiveness of it. Uh, there are excellent performances on the band as always, especially the bass, uh, which really sort of takes centre stage in some of these tracks. Uh, Dave Cobb does a brilliant production on it too, he always does, um, but unlike Jason Isbell's previous releases, Southeastern and Something More Than Free in particular, there's something in Reunions which brings distance and kind of unrelatability to the album. It's not somehow as touching or heartfelt, even though there, there are individual moments that are and individual elements that are excellent. Whereas his other releases, I kind of feel I'm more together, more, more together as a package and demand repeat listens to understand all of the emotions underneath. Particularly, as I say, something more than free is one to check out in Southeastern. So overall, I like the direction that Isabella's taken with the album, particularly in terms of the new sounds he has created. But for me, it's just not his best. It's still a very worthy addition to his catalogue and I recommend that fans buy it and that newcomers give it a listen at least but for me as I said at the start of this review it's a good album not a great album. Next up we've got Heim, Women in Music Part 3. Now this is not strictly a review more like a preview as the album was supposed to be out by now but it's been delayed until I believe June sometime due to the current nonsense in the world. But with that said, I want to talk about it because the first handful of tracks from the upcoming album that have been released over the last nine months, sort of periodically over the last nine months, really point to something quite special. Now, I've been a Heim fan for a long time, even when I had people saying they were just a poppy Fleetwood Mac ripoff. To me, they've always had some kind of sense of humour and gravitas about them, as well as a ton of talent that I think a lot of people miss. And while I still don't fully understand or hear the influences that Haim say they have from people like TLC and Destiny's Child and so on, very, very pop-based influences, I do kind of get the pop sensibilities here and there. But for me, as I say, they, they do sound like Fleetwood Mac. And I know that that is a comparison that they absolutely hate. I know that that's one they've tried to distance themselves from, but that is what they sound like to me, at least sort of Stevie Nicks, um, if not Fleetwood Mac. The tracks out there now so far from Women in Music Part 3, which, as I say, isn't out yet, are Summer Girl, Now I'm In It, Hallelujah, The Steps, I Know Alone, and Don't Wanna. So there's almost half the album out there right now, I think. I think six tracks out, which I guess is half the album. And for me, out of these ones, the strongest tracks are Don't Wanna, which only came out very recently, and The Steps. But I guess this is because it appeals to my previously mentioned Fleetwood Mac tendencies. 
Uh, Summer Girl was released a while ago, now kind of out of the blue, and uh, it has a definite and again, I'm going to call back to this track that I've mentioned. It has a definite Walk on the Wild Side vibe. It's very non-Heim, uh, but also very Heim, which is kind of cool. One track that sounds very non-heim is the I Know Alone track, which is strange and somehow alluring. It has a music video of the Heim sisters dancing in a socially distant manner, like in one of their gardens. Um, it's a song that sounds more akin to something from Caroline, uh, Caroline Polacek, uh, notably the song Doors, which I heard uh, nine months ago, maybe, maybe more and therefore is not so far removed from the Heim sound, but it is a little different. Lyrically, I find the Heim track I Know Alone pretty weak. Uh, it's very repetitive, too generic and too electronic for my taste. Um, however, a, a bit like I praised Isbell for in the previous review, I like that Heim are trying something different. It is a little bit of a different direction, and you can tell that they're sort of flexing their musical muscles in what they've been releasing. But do check out The Steps and Don't Wanna, and Now I'm In It is another one I like a lot, even though the few, first few seconds actually kind of sound like Rebecca Black's Friday. Uh, you'll see what I mean when you listen to it. A very monotonal melody at the beginning, if it can even be called a melody. Um, and the album Women in, three, Women in Music sorry, Part 3 is not out for a little while, but based on the track so far, I think we're in for an absolute treat from Heim when it does come out and I cannot wait to get stuck into the album for real. Until then definitely check out the tracks they've released so far. I think you can find most of them uploaded to YouTube on Heim's own channel. Next on the list is uh, something from Perfume Genius, and it's uh, the album Set My Heart on Fire Immediately. Very, very unique album title, that. Perfume Genius is the moniker or name of uh, singer-songwriter Mike Hadrius. Uh, released this album this week, that in, in recording this week, um, in end of May, he released this album to absolute critical acclaim. I confess that I've never heard of Perfume Genius before, but I guarantee you that I will be tracking music from Perfume Genius in the future. Uh, I wasn't blown away by this album quite to the gushing same level of reviews from Pitchfork and from Alex Petridis in The Guardian and so on, but I enjoyed it nonetheless. Uh, the tracks here are certainly pop, but of a candied late 70s, early 80s vibe. It reminded me most actually of someone like Paul Young or Brian Ferry of Roxy Music. Uh, vocally, this album's excellent. There's a real longing, hurt and strain across the album, particularly on songs like Just A Touch. Uh, this one song called On The Floor, which almost has a sort of vampire weekend sound to it. It's kind of different and a bit poppy and cool. And for an artist who writes a lot about addiction and bullying and sexuality, there's a lot of happiness in many places on this record and it actually is quite breezy. Um, it's got kind of a cool summer background music vibe to some bits here and there. Stop. 
a couple of the tracks here can't be put into the same synth-driven slick pop bucket as the rest though. Uh, notice, noticeably a song called uh, Describe, which is kind of a noirish pop grunge track, which I actually kind of feel is like what Neil Young was trying to go for in his 80s new wave grunge idea, but never really achieved. This mix of kind of pop, uh, really sort of 8-bit sounds, bizarre sort of, you know, computerized synth stuff with them really heavy guitar licks. It's something, yeah, as I say, I think Neil Young was trying to balance decades ago and didn't really get it. And if you wanted to hear what that did kind of sound like, then uh, I think Perfume Genius has really achieved that on this track, Describe. It's a weird track for sure. And I heard someone describe it as gay grunge, which I don't know is an appropriate or correct description, to be honest, but I equally can't quite put my finger on how to describe it either. Uh, so while I don't like that description or that label of it, well, I'm going to kind of call it pop grunge. Pop grunge, post-rock pop grunge, kind of strange. And it doesn't really fit with the rest of the album, but I like it all the more for that. Uh, I do think the album is a little long. Uh, 13 tracks stretch the limit a little, and they're all relatively short pop affairs for sure. So it is, as I say, breezy. But uh, some of the stuff sounds pretty similar and uh, kind of gets a bit tired after a while. And yeah, it is a strange album for sure. And it won't be at the top of everyone's list by the end of the year. And it's probably not at the top of mine either. But I will say that as a throwback to an era that never existed kind of sound, this really hits the mark. So that's Perfume Genius with the album uh, Set Me On Fire Immediately. Set My Heart On Fire Immediately, sorry. Definitely check it out. Well worth a spin. A handful of great tracks on there, I'd even say. And uh, yeah, really glad to have found that. So thank you for recommending that to me. Another recommendation I got from a listener, actually, and just from reading around, is uh, Fetch the Bolt Cutters from Fiona Apple. It's the last one we're going to talk about, and it's uh, I've saved the best to last, kind of, I think, in a weird way. Spoiler alert. Uh, but this is an album I only got round to just now. Uh, it was actually released back in April 2020, and Fiona Apple is someone I've dabbled with in the past, and someone who's actually been mentioned on this podcast uh, a couple of times before with a previous uh, few interviewees, and it was uh, actually an album that somebody told me to check out. Uh, thank you very much for that. And as I say, it's someone I sort of knew of. I just sort of know her name and knew that she'd sort of, you know, been involved in music and wrote some fantastic sort of poetic uh, phrases and stuff. But I, I didn't really know like much about what she was doing musically. I've never really paid that much attention to her, um, I must admit. So when I was faced with this album, Fetch the Bolt Cutters, which is a fantastic album title, by the way, not knowing all that much about her previous musical work, well, when you listen to the album, you can probably sympathise that this very atypical bizarre album confused me, amused me, enthused me. It, it, all of these emotions really hit me like a train and I loved it. But it wasn't 
It is odd. It's an odd album, and I, I don't even know that in a traditional sense I'd class it as a musical album. It's like a percussive poetry session that's part improvised, part just mistake laden. It's it's strange. It's really strange, and I don't really have a good way to to describe it. Uh, Fiona cries out. She scratches. She scowls. You know, she shouts. She rages on topics of like bullying, sexual assault, confinement, lies and truth, friendship. It's it's an angry album, yet oddly humorous in places. I don't know if all of the stories she's telling or all of the things she says she actually even believes. I think some of it is just kind of a joke. Um, or at least sort of, you know, satire or very sort of dark humour. Um, what's more, this album is largely recorded on the fly and at home. Um, and you can hear bits in the background of things that haven't quite mixed or recorded well. And I guess for most people that could be a criticism, but for here it really isn't. Um, there's this kind of raw tenacity to it that helps breed unpredictability and explosiveness and the sudden changes in rhythm and tempo and keys really just add to this kind of unpredictability and I really really loved it. Um, I hear shades here of Joni Mitchell, of Suzanne Vega and then of sort of Sharon Van Etten as well. But then even of something completely different, something like Jay Diller, this very, very heavy focus on percussion. And while Jay Diller, you know, made music by sampling lots of things and putting them together, the improvisation aspect of um, Fetch the Bolt Cutters really almost sounds like that. It sounds like this patchwork of samples almost at times. And I mean that in an absolutely brilliant way. Um, it's a maddening yet exciting mix of music and there's really no messing around here and for an album about getting the bolt cutters to cut yourself free of whatever prison you've created the sound does exactly what Fiona preaches it breaks free of the usual routines and structures and offers something quite insightful certainly divisive I don't think a lot of people will love this uh, quite as much as I did and uh, it's definitely a confusing album, but unique. Um, certainly unique. Uh, yeah, as I say, kind of rap, pop, improvised, percussive poetry. Very bizarre. And I really enjoyed it. Really, really enjoyed it. I'm not saying that it's absolutely perfect. Um, and that is what makes it great. There are a couple of tracks that I kind of glossed over and could skip here. But I would still urge that you at least check out a track from the album. And the album is Fetch the Bolt Cutters, a tremendous effort from Fiona Apple. And that's all for The Pulse for now here on BPM Pod. You can find all of the latest releases I just mentioned on bpmpod.com and on the social channels, Facebook and Instagram. And you can read more on bpmpod.com and revisit all of the previous episodes there, all on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever it is you listen to your podcasts. 
on the next episode, we'll have the aforementioned, well, if you've listened to the podcast before, we'll have part two of the extended podcast with Chris Weinhardt. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, do send in your reviews of stuff you've been listening to, and we'll collect them all together and put them in the next episode as well. And until then, stay safe, stay lucky, everybody. And thank you for listening to and supporting BPM Pod.